Martes, Martes, Mar 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 Martes, at the movies. Hello, one. Hello, all, and welcome to the very first ever episode of Martes at the Movies, the podcast. Come on in, make yourself at home, have a seat. Let's get to know one another. My name is Bryony. I come from beautifully green and rainy Northern Ireland, and I'm currently living in Santiago, the capital city of Chile. You find me right now with a bag of pick and mix in my hand. A fairly standard occurrence, and still laughing from the movie I watched last night, 1999's *The Mummy*, starring Brendan Fraser. Just wonderfully, terribly wonderful. <laughs> when I'm not watching amazingly cheesy '90s fantasy films, one of my favourite things is the music that you find in movies. I've got an excessively long soundtracks playlist, and I thought maybe it was time to organise it a bit. Thus, *Martes* the movies was born. <laughs> Martes, mar 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 Martes at the movies. So how does it work? Well, every Tuesday or Martes, if you're in the Spanish-speaking world, I'm going to bring you a top ten list featuring snippets of songs and my clearly very educated opinions on why these songs deserve their place in the list. Today we're starting with Oscar-nominated songs that I think should have got the win. And over the course of the weeks, we're going to range across sports movies, dance numbers, Disney films, and maybe even some of the worst songs committed to movie history. Of course, it's not an objective science. So before you listen to my highly subjective and probably inaccurate top ten lists, just be aware that there are no right or wrong opinions here. I could have used a highly complicated algorithm, multiplying a song's catchiness by its artistic merit. Divided by its place in pop culture and bonus points if the song features Adina Menzel, but in all likelihood, it's going to just come down to my personal taste, and that's where you come in. You're probably going to disagree with me about some of the songs, and that's okay. In fact, it's positively encouraged. I want you to tell me what songs I missed out. What what songs should I have included in the list? Did I judge some unfairly, or have I viewed some songs from my childhood through entirely rose-tinted glasses? So tell me your opinions. And I'll include some of the best comments or some of my favourite song suggestions in next week's episode of the podcast. You can find me on Twitter as it's just bry one, all small caps, no punctuation. I'm sorry, that's terrible grammar. It's just bry followed by the digit number one, and on Facebook or WordPress as Martes at the Movies. That one's a bit simpler. Let the conversation begin. This week we're talking Oscars. And now it's time for the highly subjective and probably inaccurate top ten list of the week. Since I was young, I've always loved award shows, and so since I got into movies, I've always looked forward to award season. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that the Oscars, for example, are imperfect. The Academy is a largely homogenous group of more or less old white men, and their picks are usually quite safe and conservative. But despite that, there's just something about the atmosphere of anticipation, reading all the predictions, seeing the movie stars and the big musical numbers that I just get really excited for. And best original song is one of my favourite categories. True to form, they don't always get it right. And so, without any further ado, I present to you my top ten list of best song nominees that I think should have won the Oscar. Ten. For number ten, we're going all the way back to 1941 to only the 14th ever Academy Awards, and I think the song that should have won is Chattanooga Choo Choo. Yes, yes. Is that the Chattanooga Choo Choo? That's the Chattanooga Choo Choo. Oh, track 29. 29. Uh huh. That's on the Tennessee line. She said the Tennessee line. 
composed by Harry Warren and Matt Gordon for the film Sun Valley Serenade. It was beaten out by The Last Time I Saw Paris from Lady Be Good. I'm going to be honest, I don't know this song, but I do know some other sterling competition that it was up against, including Baby Mine from Dumbo and the classic wartime tune, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy of Company B. Try saying that five times fast. Uh, basically, I've gone for Chattanooga Choo Choo because I remember this song from choir at school and have a lot of good memories of that. Also, right, because of the song, in 1982, the city of Chattanooga became the home of the National Model Railroad Association. Like, literally, just because of the song's popularity, the city of Chattanooga took on an entire new life themed around the railroad, which I think is brilliant. And, as if that wasn't enough, this song has been covered for an episode of Midsummer Murders. And if that doesn't mean it deserves an Oscar, I don't know what does. At the 1979 Academy Awards, I think Oscar made a mistake. Rainbow Connection, as sung by Kermit the Frog in the very first ever Muppet movie, should clearly have won the Oscar. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. It was beaten by It Goes Like It Goes by Norma Ray, but regardless of any other songs that it's up against, to be honest, Rainbow Connection should automatically have won. I mean, it's sung by a frog. It's the Muppets, and the Muppets should always win everything, ever. I do really like the song as well. It's just simple and sweet and really wistful, and the title, Rainbow Connection, is just a perfect little link back to Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and it serves kind of the same purpose in this movie as Somewhere Over the Rainbow did in Wizard of Oz. That kind of hopeful, not quite there, but I think we're going to make it vibe, which I really like. Apparently, also... In 1996, a man broke into a local radio station in New Zealand and held the station manager hostage until he agreed to play Rainbow Connection. Yeah, I'm not saying that you should go and hold someone to gunpoint to get them to play this song, but clearly it's powerful. I mean, look at the effect it has on people. For number eight, we're moving to 1984. The year of George Orwell's terrifying predicted dystopia was an exceptional year for Best Song nominees. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think all five were worthy winners. And to be honest, that's the reason why this song doesn't make it any higher on the list. Because it had such strong competition. I mean, it lost to I Just Called to Say I Love You by Stevie Wonder, which is a tune. And it was also nominated alongside Against All Odds by Phil Collins and a double whammy from Footloose, both the title song and Let's Hear It for the Boy, which I love. So, I mean... I can't really complain. They're all great songs. I just think that the one that maybe should have taken it was a theme from Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. Something strange in the neighborhood. Who you gonna call? I mean, it's a cultural touchstone. As soon as you hear the phrase, who you gonna call? You're thinking it. You're thinking Ghostbusters. I know you can. You know you're singing it in your head right now. It's so catchy. Uh, it's gone down in pop culture so brilliantly, and I just think it's great. Also, in 2009, I went to see the X Factor tour, and I saw Jedward singing this song whilst flying over the Odyssey Arena, Belfast, and fighting a giant marshmallow man. I mean, what more could you ask for in life? It's basically the perfect experience. Back in 1944, when the United States was still in the throes of the Second World War, apparently the show must go on at the Oscars, and the Best Original Song Award that year went to the song Swinging on a Star from the movie Going My Way. 
in the interest of honesty, I am going to tell you that I don't know that song. Again, sorry. But regardless, I've probably given it to this one because it's ace. It's sung by Judy Garland in the film Meet Me in St. Louis and it's called The Trolley Song. Clang, clang, clang went the trolley. Ding, ding, ding went the bell. Zing, zing, zing went my heartstrings. From the moment I saw him, I fell. I am aware that it is the second transport-related song to make it onto this list, so clearly I'm being influenced by the two hours I spend every day on the sweatbox that is the Santiago Metro. But trolley is one of my favourite forms of transport. I don't know why, I know I am aware that it's just another way to travel, but whenever I have to get a trolley or a tram, I, I find it exciting, much more so than getting a normal bus or train. Maybe it's just because it's out of the ordinary. Is that just me? Regardless, the song's great. I love songs that tell a story. And this one's really sweet. It talks about how she fell in love when she was getting on the trolley. Apparently, when filming, they shot the whole thing in one take, which is pretty impressive when you consider the fact that it was filmed on a moving trolley with a large cast of extras and that Garland goes full-scale Rebecca Black and can't decide which seat she should take and changes her mind about five times, all while singing. It's pretty great. Check it out, but be warned that it's really catchy and the song will be stuck in your head for the rest of the day. Six, six. For number six on our list, we're going to the rather wonderful decade of the 90s, and specifically to 1991, when the Oscars were all about Beauty and the Beast. It was the first animated film to ever be nominated for Best Picture, and only two films since have replicated that. And as for the Best Original Song category, no one else even needed to bother showing up. I mean, Beauty and the Beast was nominated three times. Three out of the five nominations were songs from Beauty and the Beast. There was Be Our Guest... There was the title song, Beauty and the Beast, which won it. But the song which I think should have taken it is Belle. There goes the baker with his tray like always. The same old bread and rolls to sell. Every morning just the same since the morning that we came to this poor provincial town. Good morning, Belle. It is one of my favourite songs in the entire world. That's not an exaggeration. I love this song. I think it's just perfect. It is an operatic style introduction to the whole film. It introduces pretty much all of the main characters in one song, weaving all the different parts in and out of each other. It's just a little five minute slice of flawlessness and I love it. Nothing more to say really. Next! Five. Five. Moving into the top five, we're going back to 1968 to talk about a song which was beaten by The Windmills of Your Mind from The Thomas Crown Affair. Am I three for three if I say that's another one I don't know? What should have taken it? A masterpiece from the Sherman Brothers. Title song from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It's brilliant. It's complete nonsense. What's not to love about it? It's about a flying car. It's just wonderfully childish and eccentric and an awful lot of fun. Why would you just not love a film with Dick Van Dyke in it, terrifying child catcher, and a slogan which called it the most phantasmagorical musical entertainment in the history of everything? And if we're talking catchiness, wow, does this song take the cake? <laughs> For number four, let's jump 10 years forward to 1978 and talk about the film Grease, specifically the song Hopelessly Devoted to You. It's another kind of wistful longing song, throw in a bit of unrequited love, makes for a great ballad. 
In talking about this film, I want to address two grave miscarriages of justice. The first one being that Hopelessly Devoted to You did not win. The song was a huge smash all around the world and the album sold like 30 million copies, one of the most successful soundtrack albums of all time. It's huge. Apparently it was actually written midway through the filming of Grease because Olivia Newton-John, when she signed on, her contract said that she had to have a vocal solo and halfway through the film they realised they still hadn't written it so this is what they came up with. Earned them an Oscar nom, which isn't bad. But the second great miscarriage of justice regarding this is that that was the only song from Grease that got nominated. There were two other massive smash hits that were written specifically for the movie Grease that didn't get nominated for an Oscar. Grease is the word and you're the one that I want. How on earth did you're the one that I want not get nominated for an Oscar? I mean, maybe that's the subject for a later episode of this podcast. But in the meantime, it's clear that hopelessly devoted to you not winning. It's just part of a bigger issue. Hashtag justice for Grease. Back in 1973, the Best Original Song Oscar went to The Way We Were, from the movie of the same name, The Way We Were. But I think it should have gone to another song that has the same title as its movie, that movie and song being Live and Let Die. I mean, where do we start? It's a former Beatle. You can't beat a former Beatle. These guys are legends. Secondly, like, I love this song. I really do. It's so cool. It just, the way it has all the different sections and they're all so distinctive and it just kind of progresses through them. It's just very iconic. It is easily my favourite Bond theme. Sorry, Adele. There was not a question about whether or not it was making it into my top three. Two, two. Alright, get your tissues ready for number two on the list because it is going to get you in the feels. It's the most recent song that I think should have won and it's coming to you from 1999. Yes, way back when Brendan Fraser was trying to smite the mummy, something more serious was happening in Oscarlandia. Randy Newman's When She Loved Me from Toy Story 2 was denied an Academy Award. When somebody loved me Everything was beautiful Every hour spent together lives within my heart I have a lot of feelings about this the only reason why this song didn't make number one on my list was because I really like the song that won not as much but I like it Uh, it's Phil Collins' song You'll Be In My Heart from Tarzan which is actually the first DVD my family ever owned and I mean and that's an absolute tune but come on it doesn't compare to when she loved me Sarah McLachlan's vocals just the utter heartbreak of that song I mean it's so gorgeous and poignant and sad and wonderful and the story it tells about Jessie is just gets me every time and I could rave about it for ages I also love the fact that the band of my childhood Steps covered it their 2012 comeback album Interesting, you might think. Steps are trying to show that they have matured as artists, perhaps. They're doing some ballads. It's not all about the cheesy pop. This is a Christmas album. The most depressing Christmas album around. Also, bonus points to you if you can count how many times I said that that affected my heart in the last couple of minutes. I think I've made my point. Let's move on. Let's get to the winner. Number one. One, one. For number one, we're back to the 80s. Seems to be the decade that defied justice. In all honesty, I'm finishing with this song because it's fun 
and I couldn't really end on when she loved me because I would have cried myself to sleep. Instead, we're going with an absolute tune, Power of Love from Back to the Future. Don't need money, don't take fame, don't need no credit card to ride this train. For all you accent fans out there, I successfully said par in the first episode, so I hope you're happy about that. Tune in next week for How Now Brown Cow. This is great. I mean, it was beaten by Say You, Say Me from White Knights. Anyone? Anyone? Is that just me that doesn't know that one? But in all seriousness, I mean, this is iconic. This is fun. It's a great song. It's so upbeat. You have to sing along. And... Richard and Alexander from Pointless, in their Pointless book, I believe, voted this the best out of all Power of Love songs. So there's that accolade for it. And it just makes you want to dance. I mean, Back to the Future celebrating its 30th anniversary is great. It's a classic. And I get the chance to make a hilarious reference that you've never heard before to the fact that there's only a few months to go until October 21st, 2015, the date that Back to the Future 2 told us would have hoverboards. Where are they, Back to the Future 2? Where are our hoverboards? The internet has definitely never made that brilliant joke before, right? Original content here. Martes at the movies. And that's it. We're done. Ten of them. I counted and everything. Those are my top ten Oscar-nominated songs that I think should have won. And now it's over to you. I am throwing you the ball and passing you the puck and using every other sports analogy I can think of to say that I want your opinions. Do you agree? What Oscar-nominated songs that didn't win do you love that you think should have made it into my top ten? Or were there any of the Oscar-winning songs that I casually brushed aside that you actually think were brilliant and that I should have taken a closer look into? Tweet me at It's Just Bry one or Facebook me, Marty's at the Movies. I'm also on WordPress as Marty's at the Movies. So let me know what you think. Next week, we're talking about montages. So get drinking some protein shakes and pumping some iron in preparation for that. Till then, may the force be with you, thoughts be ever in your favour, and I'll see you next Martis.